Welcome to the Weathercock Podcast. I'm your host, Raj Shabbat, and here we build inspiring conversations with our guests and get curious about life. Welcome to the show. Melody is an emotional wellness mindset coach, NLP master practitioner, and mindfulness practitioner. She works with clients that are ready to return home to who they truly are and live their best life. Isn't that inspiring? She's worked with several corporate companies coaching their executives, facilitating meetings for She Walks Canada, to now working alongside grief advocacy and retirement homes, coaching the senior leaders, as well as facilitating meetings with the front lines. Melanie is passionate about service, inspiring, and giving to others. So how can we not get curious and talk to her? Melanie, welcome to the Weathercock Podcast. I'm so happy to have you as guest number two. And today, you want to talk about unbecoming. So I'm all ears. Tell me a bit about yourself. Super excited to be here, Rod. Thank you so much. And I am so grateful for this opportunity Um, Unbecoming, all that we are not, is something I'm so passionate about, and I'm so excited to talk to you about it today. Um, So often we find ourselves, you know, in rock bottom or midlife crisis or in a moment of where we just start to question, who am I? How did I even get here? You know, what happened to me? Where did I even go? And when these questions start to ruminate, we're usually not feeling good. Either we have health issues, we're emotional, we're stressed, we're feeling so many uncertainties, fears, doubts, all of these negative emotions are running through us that make us start to get curious and ask these questions of where did I go along my path of life? How did I lose myself? And when these questions start to ruminate, this is the beginning. This is when we begin to open our eyes and it's all step by step after that of unbecoming everything we're not. And I'm super excited to talk to you about that today because so many of us don't even realize that we're living a life in a fog, that we're living a life asleep, not knowing or thinking that there's more for us out there. Wow. You sound like when I'm listening to you, I mean, I hear just passion come out of your mouth in the sense that you, you seem like you've had a lot of experience with this yourself. Where have you unbecome in all of this? Oh, definitely. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I literally was in that fog. You know, mm-hmm. I you know we we grow up to think we need to have you know like go to school, get a job, get a title, have a salary, get a house, have a family. Like it's all these boxes that we are striving to check off in our life, you know, and I was striving to check those boxes off. And I did check all those boxes off in a race, a constant race. And you hear so often people will say it's that hamster wheel, that rush, that constant stress, the striving for more. And then we achieve it. And then it's like, okay, I need more. I'm, I got to get the next title. I got to get the next salary. I got to have another baby. I got to have a bigger house and a bigger car. And it just doesn't stop. Right. And I was living that fog. You know, I was living that, that intense stress every day, always feeling I needed to achieve more, but little did I know it's because there were feelings deep within me that I lost myself, you know, I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel deserving. So I was always chasing to get, you know, the next title to feel that, but yet it never came. It was always still that unfulfillment within me. And I'm so happy that I was able to experience 
the journey I, I was because if my life didn't happen the way it did, I would have never woken up. I would have stayed in that sleep. I would have stayed in that fog of unhappiness, you know? And when we start to ask those questions, like I said at the beginning, that's the beginning of our journey home to ourselves. And, you know, with my experience, the fog for me, you know, my wake up moment was, you know, losing my father to cancer very quickly. Mm. You know, my company that I worked for closing. So my job title, you know, being lost. And in that moment, I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? And what am I doing with my life? You know, am I even happy? And those questions began. What's my passion? What's my purpose? Where am I going? life's so short, you know, and that's when my eyes opened. Wow. And when your eyes opened, what was your, what was the process of going from where you were to now, you know, being able to coach people and, you know, speak about the, what you're speaking today about on becoming, you know, getting out of the fog, you know, finding your true purpose, your passion your fulfillment. That's a great question. It was, getting super curious with myself mm. and little did I know, cause I knew nothing about coaching that I was literally, you know, being a coach for myself, but I didn't know because I started asking these questions. It's almost like my spirit was doing it for me. You know, my higher self was saying, you know, what are your passions? What are your purpose? What are your gifts and talents, Mel? And I started to write these things down Well, I'm, you know, I'm good at inspiring. I'm good at helping people. I'm good at listening. And I started to write all these things down. And then one day my daughter introduced me to Jay Shetty, you know, because I was all about, you know, healing and growing and, and learning. And she said, oh, you got to follow him. He's amazing. You know, I started following him. And then all of a sudden I started to see about the school and I was like, oh my gosh, a life coach. Maybe I could do that, you know? And there it was in that moment. I said, okay, I think this is it, but, and I'm going to really talk about this because so many of us go through this. We get that pull from our, from our soul, from our higher mm -hmm. self, whatever you want to call it, your spirit, you yeah. get that pull. If you want to do something and you feel so ready, you're like, yeah, that's it. Then all of a sudden the ego creeps in and all the fears come and then all the like talking yourself out of it. And I literally went through that and I didn't know what I was going through in the, in the time I went through it. I'm going to say it was probably about six months. I talked myself out of just making a phone call to talk to somebody at the school saying, you can't do this. You have a mortgage. You got to stay in your old role. You know, like, how are you, how are you going to go back to school? How are you going to pay a mortgage and, you know, take care of your kids? And, you know, this is impossible. And gosh, you got to get so uncomfortable. You're going to have to do all this schoolwork. And you've been out of school for so many years, like so much noise that kept me in a state of mm. being stuck. Mm. Right. And yeah. I didn't know what was going on because I didn't know anything about the ego mind. I didn't know anything about my higher self. I didn't know any of this. So I was like in this like constant battle, you know, between myself, what I wanted to do and what my ego mind was telling me to do. And I stayed like that, you know, and this is why life coaching is so amazing mm. because we can help people see that battle and yeah. know what that battle is. I didn't have any help. I was just battling over and over in my mind. And finally, my mom said, you know, it was her voice. And I truly believe people, you know, are in our lives for reasons. People say things for reasons and, you know, things just happen for reasons. And my mom said to me, will you just make the phone call already? And she said, what do you got to lose? Uh -huh. You know, she said, honestly, if you go through the course, you learn, you grow, you love it. You come out the other side, so much more knowledge. You go through the course, 
you grow, you love it. And you become a, life, a successful life coach coach. What do you have to lose? Right. And I said, you know what? You're right, mom. And I did it. I made the call. I stepped in through my fear and I was terrified, but I did it. Wow. That is so inspiring what you just said there. And it sounds like, you know, your mind was battling to keep you in your comfort zone, which was not to do anything because of, you know, the danger zone, which was stepping outside your comfort zone was making that call and having all this fear creep up and the other doubts that you've had of what would, could be the outcome of, of a call or actually joining the school. Tell us how you felt when you actually put that foot out of the comfort zone and picked up the phone after your mother just like super inspired you and charged you up to pick up the phone. How did I, it feel? I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> I was terrified. And then I had the phone call and I pretty much like signed the deal on the call. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I was like, I felt, oh my God, I feel pressured. I don't know if this is the right thing. I don't know if it's the right choice. And I'm like, oh God, I've signed, I've paid. I'm, I'm in now. Like there's no turning back. And that's exactly how I felt. And at that point I said, okay, onwards and upwards, Mel, that's it. You're going for it. You know? And after that, it was the most beautiful journey that I have ever experienced in my life. It was the best thing I have ever done. And we so often hear this all over social media. As soon as you step into the un unknown, that's where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. That's where, you know, your life begins. And I didn't really get it until I actually got it. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this is the unknown. This mm -hmm. is the scary. I'm in it and I'm freaking loving every minute of it, mm -hmm. you know? And it was the most beautiful thing. So I look back at that now. And I use that as my proof that stepping mm. into the unknown, it may feel terrifying. There's so many fears. And I call the fears like the ego. I kind of like, we'll call it the little devil in our mind because it always makes us feel not good. You know, that little devil is going to, you know, keep you in that stuck state. It's going to keep you from doing those magical mm. things that you want to mm. do, which is living, mm. you know, and as soon as you can control that little devil and just overcome it with your spirit and your higher self and your soul that's pulling you to go do something and you get yourself uncomfortable. That's when you will be living your best life because mm. that's where the magic is. It's all mm. in those moments of overcoming that ego mind that keeps us unhappy and unfulfilled. Mm. Wow. Again, I, I say wow a lot because it's just, you're so passionate about this and it just resonates a lot with me. And what came up is Someone that's feeling stuck right now in that same situation, wanting to pick up the phone to make that call for a job interview, an opportunity, or anything else that will push them out of that comfort zone or you know get them out of their ego mind. How would you explain the process to them of actually taking that step and really putting your toe outside of that circle, which we call the comfort zone, and make the call? Because you've said it, walking out of it, that's where the magic is. But what do you tell yourself? Like, what can people get from listening to your experience and the process that you actually did to pick up that phone, talk to someone? There was something that you had to tell yourself or something that you relied on that maybe someone could relate to you with today. Hmm. What would be that? The biggest question is to ask yourself, how long do I want to live like this? Hmm. That is the deepest eye-opening question. How long do I want to live like this? Right. And another question to ask yourself is when I'm 80 years old, do I want to look back and have made this step? Mm -hmm. Or do I want to look back and have regrets? Mm -hmm. And to really work with those fears. 
Okay. As soon as you unpack every single fear, and of course, I'm going to say work the life coach, they're, they're going to help you unpack and pull those fears out. Right. But you know, if you can't afford a life coach, it's, it's pulling those fears, fears out onto paper, right? You got to get them out of you because you got to see them for what they are, you know, and then you have to really have the awareness to know that those fears aren't real. Okay. They're imagining it. They're imagination. It's all in your mind. Okay. All the fears are imagination of what could happen in the future. You're playing out every possible worst case scenario, right? And you need to see it for false imagination, right? And then you need to understand these fears are part of me. They're just trying to keep me safe. They're just trying to keep me comfortable. They're just trying to love me and know that, hey, you know what? Just stay here. It's easy. It's simple. It's familiar. It's what we're used to. The other way is just way too hard. We don't want to do that. That's too scary, you know, and understand it for that, you know, and then you can say to those fears what you would say to somebody you love. And the reason I say this is because we can't, so we, we, we don't often speak to ourselves with such positivity and possibility. You know, we speak to ourselves in that locked fear mindset, okay? So once you've got your fears out onto paper, then I want you to imagine your partner or your child or someone you really love in your life. What would you say to them to flip that fear into possibility, okay? Mm. So what could happen, you know? What if this is the best decision of your life, you know? What if you take this step and you walk in to the absolute best life that you've been dreaming of. Like whatever you can do with each single one of those fears and flip it into possibility, flip it into what can happen, you know, because that way you are kind of rewiring your thinking to see everything positive that can happen. But we can't see that when it's in our head. We get locked in fear stories like I did. And you can stay locked for like six months like I did. And you don't realize you're locked because you're not, you don't have the awareness of what's going on. Right. And that's exactly why, you know, it's great to either have somebody, you know, like my mom or somebody like your life coach to kind of help you unpack, help you see new perspectives, help you see possibilities, because then it doesn't seem as scary. And you're able to take that one step to find out you're able to just, you know, feel a little bit more comfortable doing it because you filled your mind up with possibilities. That to me is the best advice I could give. Wow. And how can you explain taking that first step into possibility? What are the emotions attached to it so that people can see, you know, everything like we talk about magic, but what does that represent in terms of how you're feeling when you actually make that first step? How did you feel when you Mm. took that, that phone and you, you hung up and you paid and you actually, you know, got onboarded into the school? Mm. It's exhilarating. (laughs) You may not think it's exhilarating, but it is. It's like you're nervous, you're scared coming up to that step, and you're like, anxiety is going through you. You're like, oh my gosh, every part of my body is terrified. You might even be shaking, you know, you might have anxiety, whatever it is, but all of that's building. Mm -hmm. Then the actual step happens. You've done it, Mm -hmm. and it's exhilarating. It's like Mm -hmm. lottery. You're like, I can't believe I did this, you know, like, oh my gosh, I actually did it. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going for it. And then all of a sudden you have ignited a fire within you, a belief within you that you have the capabilities because that fear lock keeps you afraid that you don't have the capabilities. It keeps mm-hmm. telling you, you can't do it for a billion reasons. But once you have done it, that one step, like calling the school, you know, paying for it, it was exhilarating. 
as terrified as I was of making the wrong choice. And that's why the fear is there because we don't want to make the wrong decision. We don't want to fail. We don't want to sign up and not finish. We don't want to sign up and then fail or just not be a life coach. We don't want to fail, right? And that's why we stay locked in fear because we're more afraid of failing than we are of succeeding. But once I did, once I paid for it and it was like, that's it. No turning back now, Mel. It was exhilarating. It was like, I actually can do this, you know, and you ignite the belief, you ignite the self-love, you ignite the possibility. And all of a sudden, it's almost like you've opened a door to something that you never knew you could do. Mm. And that is the best feeling ever. Mm. Wow. So. That was, in a sense, a first time when you stepped into this feeling that exhilaration, feeling that, you know, that you were going into something where possibility, the possibilities were infinite. But what about when you started the school? Mm -hmm. Did any of those fears come back during your, your time in the school, your, your, the learning process of becoming a coach? Uh, did the fear come up again? Mm -hmm. Did the... Um, did you have any situations where you felt like, you know, you, you maybe have made a, a, a bad, not a bad decision, but more like um, a mistake by signing up in the school? Was there other situations? Because taking that first step is, is really important and you see that there's possibilities, but then there's a second time, a third time, a fourth time. Does the mind react the same, I guess is what I'm trying to say, once mm -hmm. there's another challenge in front of you, another obstacle, another fear, doubt, loss, whatever? Mm -hmm. Oh, 100%. It's never going to stop. We're going to have right. this our entire life. This is part of the human experience, right? 100% it did to me. I had doubts, you know, and of course, the environment and I say this a lot, you know, on my, on my lives, but the environment is going to throw so many challenges and lessons mm -hmm. at you to test you, you know, mm -hmm. and I know you've said this rod too before the universe always tests you. Okay. And it's the truth, you know, the doubts are going to come in and say, maybe I can't do this, you know, maybe I did make the wrong choice, you know, and all of a sudden, and you start to have that doubt mindset, you know, and you're pulled again into those ego stories. Mm. And the, the greatest part about the journey about being a life coach, you know, so I was so blessed to be doing this particular, you know, uncomfortable was because I, the learnings were to work through those parts of me that I have lived with my entire life back mm -hmm. to our topic of unbecoming, right? Mm -hmm. So the journey of me becoming a life coach was a lot of unbecoming old conditioning, mm -hmm. unbecoming old beliefs and sub beliefs that I held my entire life. And those are so many that we hold that are very familiar to all of us. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. Those creep up so many times, you know, especially when we're in that uncomfortable because we're not masters right? We, we haven't mastered this. We're yes. learning and we're uncomfortable. Mm. So all of a sudden mm. we're like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not worthy of being a life coach. Well, so-and-so is so much better. I don't know if I'll ever get there. And then all of a sudden we want to go into our turtle shell and hide. You know, I didn't go into a turtle shell and hide because I'm not that type of person. However, I did have many doubts. I did have many insecurities of maybe I can't be that. Maybe I won't, you know, become the dream I want or become the best coach that I want to become in my mind. Those do creep in, right? Because that is part of that ego mind. Like I said, it's always there. And I look at it as a little devil, right? It's part of you but you got to see it for what it is. And I didn't know that at the time, what it was, right? Until I started doing the work 
in, you know, our life coaching sessions and really understanding these parts of me that I needed to heal and let go of, you know, so that I could overcome that doubt. I could feel that I'm good enough. I'm worthy. I'm deserving. I could be okay with this uncomfortable state and know that this is part of the process. And these are all things that us life coaches do to help our clients move through those uncomfortable moments so that they can be in the unknown and feeling everything is possible. They're good enough to be here. They are deserving to go on this journey, right? Because that's how we can turn back. Those beliefs can get the best of us and people can stop doing school or people can quit that job or get themselves out of the unknown because the beliefs, the conditioning, the ego mind will terrify them of not being good enough or comparing yourself to others or the environment pieces that are scaring you that you won't make it as a life coach. All of these things are thrown at you, you know, as a lesson, are you going to overcome it? Or are you going to turn back? Right. Mm. And it's about having the awareness of what it is and knowing to keep pushing on and knowing their lessons. Every time we feel negative emotions in our body, you know, or any time a negative, you know, thing happens in our environment, right? Or with people or situations, we need to start seeing them as lessons. And that's mm. the same thing for that journey in school. When my doubter came in, that's lessons for me. I got to stop doubting myself. I have to feel like I'm good enough now, you know, and I had to learn how to love myself to feel mm. those things. So, you know, when we get those moments in the unknown that are testing us, because they will happen, like you said, Rod, you know, when you're in that space, we have to have the awareness to know what they are and what are they trying to teach me? You know, what do I need to see? How am I going to grow through this? Right. Rather than I got to turn back. Right. I can't, right? Very well said. And you've heard, you've said the word awareness many times in, in, in your last uh, answer. And I'm wondering someone who has no clue about life coaching right now and who's listening to this, how do they gain awareness? Yeah. Awareness is the first step, right? Mm -hmm. And awareness, in my opinion, is waking up, right? Okay. Yeah. It's waking up to see, right? You're mm -hmm. not living in a fog anymore. Mm -hmm. You're starting to become aware, okay, of all the different parts of you. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you become aware and how you become aware, okay, can happen in so many ways, mm -hmm. right? It can be situations in your environment, people, you know, stuff that happens to you that helps you wake up to become aware and say, mm -hmm. how have I got here? Right. Why am I living this way? Am mm -hmm. I happy? Mm -hmm. You know, is this serving me? These are all the curiosity that comes where you gain awareness. Right. And once you start to ask questions and gain awareness of what's going on around you in your, in your world and what's going on around you in your world, inside of you, then the awareness starts to blow up. <laughs> you start to really want to get more curious. And, you know, I gained peekaboos of awareness, you know, when I felt, you know, after losing my father and my company closing, I started to gain peekaboos of awareness because I didn't even know what I was going through or doing or thinking or seeing, you know, but when I started the journey of becoming a life coach and understanding what awareness is, you know, and waking up and seeing, you know, seeing your inner world and then seeing your outer world, you know, that is where it all begins. 
because the moment you gain awareness, and I say this on a lot of my lives, is the moment you begin to make the conscious choices to change your life. Mm. Is it the moment where you start unbecoming? Yes, you got it. Wow. <laughs> it's the moment you start unbecoming. Everything that you think you are, but you are not. And that is the biggest statement. It's the moment you start unbecoming everything you think you are, but you are not any of it. And this is where I feel we live in that fog. We think we're this specific person because of our conditioning from our childhood, from teachers, from parents, from sisters or brothers, boyfriends, girlfriends that have said all these things about us, bullied mm. us, told us we need to be this way, that way. You're not good enough because of this. You're not good enough because of that. And before you know it, in your mind, you see that person that has all that conditioning, all those beliefs. That's what you see when you look in the mirror. And that's what I mean by unbecoming all of that, because that's not who you are. You think you're that because that's how you've been living, right? And that's what's beautiful about life coaching. And these are the clients I, you know, work with so passionately all the time because we don't see these parts of us that we're carrying that we think are who we are, but they're not who we are. And it's really returning home to you and who you are. Sorry about that. That's okay. That is so well said, Melanie. And it sparked another question uh, that I want to ask you. What was your biggest challenge learning and becoming a life coach and going through the process of being you know, a certified life coach? What was your biggest challenge hmm. inside the school? It's a big one. It's a good question. I'm going to say healing. Okay. Healing my, my inner child mm -hmm. and forgiveness to myself. Those were them, you know, so often we can give our hearts and our souls and all the love and forgiveness to everybody around us. When it comes to ourselves, we are the hardest on ourselves. Wow. So I think the biggest challenge for me was to open up, you know, to who I really am, you know, and to give myself the love, the compassion, the forgiveness I needed my entire life that I never gave myself. Mm. It was hard because we don't love ourselves our whole life. And all we do is pick ourselves apart and say, you're not good enough, or you need to lose five more pounds. You're never going to be perfect. I have the perfect body. You're never going to have the perfect hair. You know, like we literally, you know, keep telling ourselves for, for years, how not good enough we are, you know, you're not this beauty standard or you're not this title. And, you know, you've done this in your past and whatever. It's just, we beat ourselves up and we carry all this. And it's heavy stuff, heavy stuff, but we don't realize we're carrying it at all. That's that other piece of thinking that we think it's who we are and mm -hmm. we think that's okay to carry this stuff, mm -hmm. but it's not, you know, because that's the stuff that is draining your light, right? It's what you shouldn't be carrying. So mm -hmm. healing, letting go, you know, shedding those skins, you know, of all that we're not and the forgiveness, those were the hardest parts. Because mm. I had to learn to love myself, which was, mm. wasn't easy, right? Wow. Take us through the process. Like, what was that moment when you realized this, that the healing and the forgiveness was such a, an integral part of your becoming a life coach and unbecoming the old Melanie? Well, it was, it's an aha moment. And 
for many clients and coaches, we all have had them. Mm-hmm. And it's the aha moment where you can connect the dots from mm-hmm. either your childhood or your younger teenage years where your root of your negative belief began. Mm-hmm. And then you start to see that that root of either I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving, or those sub beliefs has shown up in every part of your life. Mm-hmm. And today, as an adult, that root is still there. And you're just like, whoa, like sirens are going off in your mind when you wake up and have that aha moment. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you start to see your whole journey, your whole life, you've carried that belief and it is taken you, you know, to where you are, which is great. It served you in some way. That's why you keep these feelings of not good enough, not worthy, not deserving. And for me, it, I kept striving, you know, to be the best I could be, you know, I was never good enough. I'm like, I got to be even more. I got to work a hundred and, you know, 30%, you know, I got to give all of my energy. I have to be the best mom. I have to, you know, it's just everything that just completely drains your energy. Right. But you see, it served you in that regard but it's not serving you because you are suffering internally. You know, you are, you are not fulfilled inside, you know? So I think that was the biggest moment. And I think all of us feel that when we're in a session or, you know, for our clients where they're just like, they connect those dots. And then with the journey with us, they're able to connect them more and say, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it's that root again coming up. I feel I'm not good enough yet again. And it does. And it's going to continue because when the pain's deep, mm-hmm. we have to heal it over and over. But that's that awareness piece that we talked about, Rod, mm. because the more aware you are of that root, that wound within you that you carry, mm. and you see how it shows up in your relationships, your jobs, your situations, your experiences. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're asleep to it because we're so used to it. The feeling of not good enough or not worthy, not deserving. We don't realize it's showing up. But then something happens and we're like, whoa, this is totally creeped in. I didn't even realize I was doing this and I'm doing my old, you know, self would do this. And then you're able to swap back to who you are today. But that's the practice and the inner work we talk about a lot. Right. So now it's more easy for you to catch yourself in that moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you said, flip the script and, you know, gain that awareness. Right. But do you consider that you've healed and that you've forgiven yourself? Or is this something that is a lifelong inner work that you're going to keep doing? Is there a moment where you felt that, okay, I've healed, I've forgiven myself? Hmm. Or is this something that is continuous? Um, the healing, I think is, it's continuous, right? Okay. I'm, I'm going to say to you, it's a lot quieter than it ever was. Oh, okay. okay. Mm-hmm it's still there. It's part of me, right? Mm-hmm. Just like the forgiveness. It's a part of me. I have forgiven myself, but that wound can come up in different ways. Songs, you know, like diff- different stimuli in our yeah. environment can come up and yeah. it can connect us to a story of our past. And I mm-hmm. talk about this a lot too, because, you know, we may feel we've healed. We may feel we've forgiven ourselves, but then you hear a song that brings you back 20 years ago. And then you're remembering of this time in your life that you did something that you wish you didn't or whatever. And then you're like, all of a sudden you're feeling all those emotions again, right? right. Because it's part of you. It's part mm-hmm. of your experience. Mm-hmm. But then that shift happens. Like you just said, we're flipping that script again. We're shifting ourselves to know, you know, and remind ourselves like a life coach would say, and this is how we continue that healing and that forgiveness. We say, you know what? I only knew what I knew at the time. Now I know better, right? I can forgive myself. 
And that's exactly how, how you work through that because the forgiveness, yes, I can say I've, I've forgiven myself. I can say I've healed, but those parts are still within me and those parts are still going to creep up. And am I 100% healed? Of course not. The inner work never stops. Yeah. Continuous journey. Right. And those things will creep up at times and they'll Mm. show up, you know, and it's showing up for us because we're ready to work through it some more. Mm. That's what I truly believe in my heart. I so agree with you. And it it was kind of a trick question because I knew that you were going to answer that. I, you know, we're never truly healed and we never truly forgive ourselves. There's always work to be done continuous. And I know for me, it's was a huge aha moment in my journey to become a coach when we worked on the forgiveness part, because there was this exercise that was asked of us to do, which was to sort of write a letter to the people that you felt wronged you or that you're angry and that you feel resentment towards. And, you know, I thought I was a very peaceful person in general, you know, nothing but love to give. But when I started thinking about all the people that, you know, I was angry about that have crossed me or did anything to me in my life. And I had to forgive them. Mm. It was a huge, huge exercise, like an exercise in really going deep inside of me to forgive and to really not only blame them for what they've done, but blame myself for the things that I did to them also, which at the moment I never thought I did because it was their fault, not mine. Yeah. Um, while doing it, it was very difficult for me to write those words down because I was actually, it was easy to blame them oh, because you did this and you did that. And I should have yeah. never have lost my job because, you know, you did the wrong thing. But, you know, but when I started saying, but what I could have done, I could have been more open. I could have asked more questions. And I realized that there was a lot of, of the blame that I could take in this relationship or for whoever I was uh, forgiving and forgiving myself for. And doing this exercise made me realize I'm finding peace with a lot of the people that were tucked inside of me far down Mm -hmm. that I thought overdone with, but that always crept up in some other way, maybe in a burst of emotion that wasn't related to them, but still has, you know, as part of that experience that I had with them, but by writing it down and going through the motions and really digging deep and having a no holds bar attitude towards what I was writing and the words that I was using, I found healing and forgiveness and forgiving myself and forgiving, forgiving them ultimately. Mm-hmm. And it felt like closing a chapter. And I remember talking to my coach about that and, you know, she, she I got really emotional because I, I realized that I really closed a chapter. I had anger issues towards my parents. I had anger issues towards my last employer. I had anger issues towards an ex girlfriend that I had. And I thought that was old news, but it wasn't, it was still very present, but Mm -hmm. you realize that, Oh, there's a lot of work. There was a lot of work to be done there. And, you know, I did it, Mm -hmm. but like you said, it's, it's done, but there's still parts that creep up once in a while. And you kind of like realize, I remember when I wrote that down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's go back to that. So you never truly, you know, can close the chapter and say, the book is closed. It's put away. It'll never come out. It's actually something that's always, you know, in progress, but can actually be tamed yes. and not put away, which is good because it mm-hmm. always reminds us that there's more work to be done. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no, I, I totally, totally resonate. How, this brings me to a, another question, you know, how was it to be certified, like getting the diploma and for people listening today, 
I mean, not everybody's life coaches that listen to this. People have jobs, people get promotions. So I guess you could associate that with people actually achieving something they set out to do, accomplish something they set out to do mm -hmm. by stepping out of their comfort zone, taking a risk, going all in and saying, I'm going for it. And I'm going to just enjoy the ride and do whatever I have to do to get to the other side. How was the feeling when you got the call and, you know, you were actually a Jay Shetty certified life coach and now you were officially, you know, done with your, your learnings, although you continue to learn every day, but that mm -hmm. part of your, your journey. Mm, it felt amazing. Again, we're going to go back to the lottery winnings. <laughs> no, seriously. It felt like 20 doors opened in my life. It felt like I was living in a cage my entire life, you know, living in the norm, uh, living in the, uh, you know, the routine um, of the predictable life, you know, it felt like I opened so many doors of possibilities, right? Mm. It, it felt, you know, exhilarating, exciting, you know, um, like a whole new chapter of my life was beginning. That's mm. how it felt. Mm. You know, there was fear so too, like this, this exhilaration was like, just like anything in our life, you know, when we get the house or we get the job title, everybody's excited. We all feel it. Yeah, it's gone. It's great. But then it, then it goes, it's fleeting, right? Because it's not the title. It's not the title. I'm a life coach. Right. And I, I had to learn that because I was so used to that title driven mentality from my mm, past. That's very right? interesting. That's our, our conditioning. Again, yeah. I'm like, it's not the title. And I had to like, realize this is, this is the love and the service. Yeah. You know, it's not the fact that I'm graduated and I'm certified. It's what am I going to do every single day to share love and to serve humanity? That is what felt exhilarating moving forward. Right. But I had to go through that little period of growth because I was lost in my old conditioning mm. after I graduated. I expected all the clients to come. I expected everything to work out just like you start a new job. Everything's going to be box checked and here we go. Mm -hmm. And there were challenges, right? There were struggles. There were doubts. There were, oh my gosh, you know, like what if I have no clients? What if I have to, you know, go back to my old life? And mm -hmm. that, that question came up a lot and it still does, mm -hmm. right? To this day, mm -hmm. you know, and it's constantly shifting myself back to belief. Mm -hmm. shifting myself back to service, shifting myself back to leading with my heart yes. and leading with love. Yes. But it is a constant shift. Like I said, the devil and the angel, the ego mind and your higher self. That's how I love to visualize it. Yeah. Anytime I'm feeling lost, doubtful, insecure, worried, stressed, anxious, those are your ego thoughts. It's mm. all nothing good. Mm. And anytime you feel liberated, inspired, possibility, I can do it. I believe in myself. I am capable. I have resources. That's you. That's mm -hmm. your higher self, right? Mm -hmm. So it's that constant battle. But when you are aware, you're able to shift it back all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. But Rod, I felt amazing. But I had mm -hmm. to work through, you know, realizing this isn't my old life. This mm -hmm. is a totally different world, mm -hmm. you know? And I had to open up to all the new stuff that I had to go through, you know, being an entrepreneur, as you know, right? I love what you just said, and it, it, it rings a bell. And I, often I say it's the science of accomplishment, right? Yeah. Accomplishing things is a science. I mean, what you did to become a life coach is you applied, you know, the science of coaching. You went through the learnings, the studying, the practice coaching, et cetera, and you got that diploma. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, and I remember I was on a call with you. I didn't know you yet. We didn't, hadn't even met, but I joined a webinar 
and you were brand new alumni as you and other people that were there and you'd said to how you had, I think you had just been certified and you're like I'm so so happy and like you said I felt amazing but I, I remember you saying there was a fear like okay what's next what do I you mm -hmm. know now I have to start a business now I have to go on to the the, the other side as we say and often when we accomplish things you know it's like okay we accomplish it then we're like okay so what's next what's the, what's next out for, what's next for me now yeah. but you said it so well it's there's so much more and i think that's where the art of fulfillment comes in mm. which is something that cannot be explained and is not a science right yeah. fulfillment is something that you know if i ask you how do you feel when you see a client breakthrough what's the emotion you mm. feel Tears. Is it difficult to, <laughs> yeah, tears. tears. Is, it, is it difficult to actually put a name on the emotion when you yeah. see that? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's an absolutely beautiful moment. It is such a gift to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. It's it's absolutely a gift. And I'm getting teary-eyed just talking about it. Wow. When I'm able to see a client, you know, have that moment, that's why I'm here doing this. Wow. Right? So yeah. that's fulfillment, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And would you agree that success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure? Mm -hmm. Yep, you so, have to have fulfillment. Yes. So in the end, whatever we accomplish and whatever we unbecome, it's important not to just unbecome, to then become something and then look for something else, which is the human nature of yes. wanting more and the maximum of what life is. So life has many, many experiences for us to, uh, to try and has many things for us that can offer us. But fulfillment is something that's is something that we can't explain is joy that is just fills you up. And that's, you know, doing something that's bigger than yourself, right? Serving something that's bigger than yourself. Yeah. It's beautiful. Awesome. How do you navigate that today with a business and the fact that you need to, to get this business going, but mm -hmm. you know, you also want to keep the fulfillment side intact because you know, this, you're doing it for service. You're doing it to, to help others and you've done all this work on yourself to unbecome mm -hmm. and now become the new Melanie Kennedy emotional wellness coach, yeah. but that still struggles with, you know, there's a business side and there's things that you want, things that you want to accomplish, but there's a side that you want to keep that is fulfilling, which mm -hmm. you want to feel fulfilled every day. Mm -hmm. How do you navigate that today as a, as a businesswoman slash well, life coach? Right. Yeah. Well, after I graduated, I was leading, I was leading with my head. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, gotta get pictures done, website done, you know, gotta gotta start my emails, gotta do all this. And I'm like, you know, then I'm gonna have, you know, money coming in, it'll be good, it'll be a business. And I was all my head, all in my head, you know, and I had to wake up out of that. That took me like a couple weeks mm -hmm. because I was like, what the heck, Mel? You know, you didn't do this to be in your head. You know, you did this to serve. You did this to lead with your heart. You did this to help humankind. You did this to help people, mm -hmm. you know, move forward in their lives. You didn't do this for money. Mm -hmm. You didn't do this to be Miss, Miss Queen success. You know, you did this to help others grow, learn, come out of places that aren't serving them you know, to move forward, to heal, to forgive, to do all the things that I had to do. You know, that was my passion. I wanted to help people so that they could live their best life and to get through whatever hurdles or dark places that they might be in at that time, right? That was where I had to shift myself back, you know, and, and Jay Shetty says something really good. And I don't know if it's module 11 or 12. If you focus on the money, 
if you focus on, I got to get clients, I got to get clients, I got to get clients, it's not going to come. You have to lead with service. You have to lead with your heart and helping people, right? And that's it. And that's what I consistently do to this day right now. It is always shifting to lead with my heart, okay? Because when I lead with my head, money or how much I make this month or any of that, it's not going to work, right? My heart has to be in the coaching. My heart has to be in the service. And that's exactly how I've run my business. That is it. I don't look at, okay, I've, I've made this much, you know, or I don't look at, hmm, I've only brought so many clients in. I don't even look at that rod. I look at how am I helping? How many people did I help today? How many people did I serve today? Have I done enough for my clients today? Those are the questions I ask myself because I feel that's why I'm here. That is beautiful. Wow. I get like goosebumps just hearing you talk. I feel all the passion and, you know, your inspiration just come right through and right through my skin and almost leaves me speechless in a way because I can, you know, it's so inspiring to talk to people that, you know, do something that is, you know, to help and to serve others into living, you know, their best lives. What would you say, and I mean, we might have to go back to the start because you already, you know, briefly touched on it, but someone that's listening to this right now today, and, you know, you've certainly inspired many and that's, re and someone's probably resonating with you hundred percent. And right now is feeling like they're lost. They have doubt. They're not happy, whether it's in their job and their lives and their relationships. And the word unbecoming is just, you know, it's, it's screaming out to them to, to do and make that first step, but they're in that zone where they have to take a first step. Mm -hmm. Tell them one last thing about taking that first step and what they can do today as maybe taking a first little, taking maybe a tippy toe out to start making that change towards, you know, a bigger change and eventually, you know, transforming their lives into their best lives. Mm -hmm. What do you say to that person that's listening right now? How important is your life? would be the first thing I would ask. And how important is it to you to go after happiness, fulfillment, joy? And how long do you want to keep living the way you're living right now? Same question I mentioned at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Because until we wake up to how we are living in the present moment, we won't take any steps. We'll say we want to do things. I want to do this. I want to do that. And they're just going to stay dreams right? But until we look at what we're dealing with now in our life and we ask, how is my life right now? Am I happy? Where's my energy going? Is my life serving me? Until we look at it and we don't, we never look at our life, like everything and unpack it until we either hit rock bottom, go through loss, lose our jobs, end up depressed, whatever, have a breakup. We start to look at our life when those things happen. We don't look at it when we're kind of okay getting through the motions every day. We don't really take a magnifying glass to our life. But when you take a magnifying glass to your life and you ask yourself and really gain the awareness of how you're living and say, how long do I want to keep doing this? Mm. Right? That's the biggest question that is going to propel you to take that step. Mm. And I want to say something to everyone who maybe has never worked with a life coach. If I had known 
that I could have someone hold my hand in that dark place, I, I would have reached out. And that's why I do what I do. So everybody knows that we are here to help hold your hand when you are afraid to take that step. That's our job, right? We help you see. I think this ends on an absolutely beautiful note. And I mean, what more can, uh, can we add to that than thank you so much for, for sharing your journey with us and just being so open and vulnerable. And I think for me, you've inspired me today just by listening to you and just spilling out all that passion and purpose that you have in your life today. But I'm sure that people that are listening today are as equally inspired and hopefully ready to take action, to take that first step out and realize that, you know, life is short. There's no time to waste, right? There's no time to waste, but you need to get that awareness first to put that first toe out of the comfort zone and say, I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to risk and I'm going to live my best life yet. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Melanie. You're welcome. And before we leave, I have three quick curious questions that I have to ask you. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's okay. What are you most curious to learn? I'm most curious to learn how I can combat that ego mind mm. so much so that all I hear is my spirit mm. as loud as loud as ever. Have you any books or any podcasts or anything that you've listened to that people that you follow that actually, you know, have helped you with the ego mind that you can maybe mm. suggest? Is there any, anybody of the sorts that uh, mm. you could recommend? Um, I would say Gabrielle Bernstein's great, oh, okay. um, especially yeah. with fears, um, mm -hmm. ego mind, um, a lot of that, you know, really, really helping you gain awareness. She's got so many books out there. One of my favorites is Super Attractor. It's an okay. amazing book. Um, and then, of course, Deepak Chopra. You know, Rod, I've talked to you about this. Yes. The yes. Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Absolutely beautiful book. And it's a quick read. It won't take you longer than an hour to read it. But I've read it so many times to remind myself of the truth. Mm. What about writing your own book about the ego mind? You seem, <laughs> you have so much knowledge and wisdom that you've shared with us today. Is that a possibility one day? Maybe, maybe one day. I've thought about it. Yeah, I I'm throwing about it. that out there. I'm yes, throwing that yes, out there. Yeah. Okay. Question number two. Tell us about a time your curiosity led you to an amazing discovery. Mm. That was when I started to question, what am I doing with my life? The same question that I've said three times now. What am I it's doing? It's an important question. It's an, an important question. question. Right? Yeah. My mind started to really get curious. And I started to say, hmm, what makes me happy? What brings me joy? What lights me up? What makes me feel alive? Mm. What are my passions? What are my purpose? What's my purpose, right? What are my gifts and talents? That's when I became curious for the first time about me, which was huge. And then the journey to life coaching began right after that some very deep and important questions i think that we'll add in the comment section in the when the, the show goes live 
that people can ask themselves so that they remember. Absolutely. And the last question I have for you, Melanie, is how important is being and staying curious in your life is? It's super important. Why? Becoming curious with, first off, myself is how I'm going to be able to see things that I need Mm -hmm. to see. Like I said, we live in fogs and we still get lost in rabbit holes, Mm -hmm. even now as coaches all the time. And it's Mm -hmm. never going to stop, right? Because the ego mind drives us down into one and we don't even realize we're in it Mm -hmm. unless we get curious, right? So being curious with ourselves is so important. Why am I worrying right now? Why do I feel lousy? Why am I tired? Oh, because I've been thinking about the future for the past two hours. That's why. Mm -hmm. Then I can shift myself back. So becoming curious with myself is how I'm going to live my best life. If I don't ask myself these questions, I'm just going to continue to feel awful or I'll continue Mm. to be in a rabbit hole or I'll continue to be worrying, which is taking my life away, right? It's taking those minutes, the the present moment away from me, right? Mm. So it's so important for us to stay curious with ourselves and to be curious with others, right? To be curious, ask questions. We talk more than we listen, right? And so many of us just want to be heard. Hmm. And that's why life coaching is so beautiful, right? So I think being curious is something that we all need to practice with ourselves, number one, right? Very well said. I think it's a stoic philosopher, Socrates, that said we have, there's a reason why we have two ears to listen and one mouth to talk. Hmm. That we should be listening more than we talk. Very true. Very well said. Because we learn. We learn off each other right? It's learn and grow all the time, all the time. I believe that hundred percent. That's right. Melanie, it's been an absolute honor to talk to you today as guest number two on this podcast. And I am just fully inspired and you've got me to reflect on many things just by the way that you've presented this to us. And I hope it's inspired many other people. Where can people reach you? if they want to see what you do as a coach and that you've resonated with them, how can they get in touch with you? I'll put the links in the bio, of course, but quickly, where can they, uh, they reach you? Definitely. Um, obviously my Instagram at Melanie K wellness, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then um, my website, Melanie K emotional wellness.com. Um, and, you know, even on my Instagram, people can message me LinkedIn or sorry, my link tree. I'm on LinkedIn too, but in my link tree, you can book your one-on-one session with me. You can have your discovery session, which we all know is free. Um, But yeah, that's how everybody can reach me. Awesome. Thank you, Melanie. And we're definitely going to do this again. Yes. Yes. I love the unbecoming subject. I think it's a subject that's never quite finished to be explained or to be, you know, uh, to, to go further in deeper with. And we're definitely, we need to do a part two to this eventually yeah. and go deeper. What agree. Agree? I agree. Okay. I agree. That's an invitation. Thank you, Rod. Okay. Have a great day, Melanie. Talk to you soon. Thank you. You as well. Bye.